I once had a boss, a priest, who, when he didn't know what to preach, would get up and ask the congregation which character they identified with in the story and ask them to meditate on it. So I've already given something away. If I'm recalling a strategy that he employed when he didn't know what to say, then you might uh, already suspect that uh, this one didn't come easy to me. Here's another clue, a breadcrumb maybe, as I lead you down the circuitous path of my meditation on this text. Sometimes my introvert self gets overwhelmed by the sheer number of words that it takes to operate in this world. Silence and sound. Sure, we string together sounds and syllables to form meaning. But silence also speaks. The Revised Common Lectionary, the three-year cycle which provides our readings for Sundays, only gives us this gospel lesson about Joseph once every three years. I love it, and I don't think we hear it enough. Joseph does an incredible thing in this passage. Without speaking a word, he changes the course of history. You see, when he found out that his fiancée Mary was pregnant, he made up his mind, quietly, of course, to leave her. We are told that he was a righteous man, so it makes sense that he wouldn't want to get caught up in the drama of a scandal. Without Joseph, Jesus would not have been called the son of David or the fruit of Jesse's tree. The lineage came through Joseph, not through Mary. More importantly, without Joseph, the pregnant and unattached Mary would have been at great risk to punishment and even perhaps death. But Joseph had made up his mind to leave Mary until an angel of the Lord appeared to him and told him not to fear to look after Mary and her child. God changed Joseph's mind, and Joseph provided a safe household for the incarnate God. The college this morning asks God to purify our conscience with your daily visitation so that Jesus may find in us a mansion prepared for himself. We too are called to provide a safe household for God. In the entire gospel reading we have this morning, Joseph doesn't utter a single word. As I shared at the Blue Christmas service on Friday night, Mary's version of this story, the visitation she experiences at the Annunciation, has been crucial to my spirituality for many years. But she speaks words words that have echoed throughout the centuries. Let it be with me according to your word. By verbally consenting to God's presence in her life and in her body, Mary bears light into the dark world which desperately needs it. But Joseph, 
His ascent is wordless and no less powerful. I've been thinking a lot about times that I've made up my mind and then allowed God to change it, as well as the times that I've been stubborn and resistant. I wish that I could say I identified more with Joseph's trust in God and willingness to plot a different course than the one that he originally planned. The truth is, though, that I more often responded to the noise of the world, of my own self-interest and greed, than submitting to God's voice in silent meditation. So I wonder this morning, can you think of a time that you allowed God to change your mind? What would it mean if we were open to God's voice and our receptive silence turned into space for us to go into a completely different direction? Now, I'm not saying that you or me allowing God to change our minds will lead to the inbreaking of God's very presence among us. Except, except yes, actually, that is what I'm saying. Being open and receptive to God's active presence in our lives might just open doors to possibilities that we never imagined. It's the fourth Sunday of Advent. We are waiting and watching for the arrival of the incarnate God among us. Day after tomorrow, we will gather back here to celebrate the birth of Christ, to remember that God is always doing a new thing in our presence, entering our lives in the most unassuming ways to bring light and life and hope in the face of fear and darkness. God is with us. I will spend the next few days reflecting on how the decisions I make either invite God further into my life or hold God at a distance. And I offer the same reflection to you. And if you're having trouble imagining having time and space to meditate on this in the frenzy of the season? Well, here's some good news. God is inviting each and every one of us to the table to share communion with God and one another in the bread and wine, in the body and blood of Christ. May we all know a few moments of peaceful silence in which we can hear the voice of God speaking to us.